welcome back to the Lonely Wives Vibes. I'm your host, Annie. And I'm McKenna. And it's been a hot second since uh, we have recorded. Yes. Yes, it has been. We have lots of little life updates. Oh, yes, we do. And we have a great episode in store for you guys today. (laughs) I'm so so excited for this episode. I feel... I've been I've been really missing doing this podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it's been what I think two like months. Two months, yeah. Oh, I'm so sorry, you guys. Yeah. This is I'm I. So sorry, <sighs> you couldn't hear us on Thursday. I know. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah. There's been so much that has happened. I mean, Christmas happened. Mm-hmm. New um, Year's. New Year's. There was like a Chinese air balloon that was shot down. Oh my gosh! Yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, the Super Bowl just happened. The Super Bowl. Brianna Slade. Go Chiefs. Go Chiefs. I was rooting for the Chiefs. I wasn't really rooting for anyone. I was rooting for Bad Girl Riri. She did amazing. Mm-hmm. Can we talk about that for just for one second? I know this is like old news. I probably already talked about a lot, but um, her little her little belly was sticking out, and I was and and, <laughs> and we had some boys over, some of my my husband's friends, and they're like oh, is she pregnant? And I was like, no, she just had her baby. Okay, Everyone same. calm down. Mm-hmm. You know, women's bodies change a lot after they have their baby. And then yeah. she was like, I mean, it was popping out a lot. And I was like, is that? No, no, no. I like, like I still have a little pooch. I still have a pooch. Yeah. But that was like a, round. a big round pooch. That was a round pooch. And then I was like, okay, someone look it up. She was pregnant. But for those like, for that like, one or two minutes, I was defending her hardcore. I was like, you know what? Mm-hmm. Calm down. Yeah. Well, and everyone kept asking me, because I'm like a pop culture guru, like, mm-hmm. is she pregnant? Is she pregnant? And I was like, no. She like literally just had her baby. She did? In May? Yeah. How did we, how did I miss that she has had this child since May? I have no idea. But the fact that she's already pregnant again, warrior. Warrior. Like, could Could never. not be me. Mm-mm. Could not be me. I, I cannot emphasize that enough. I my first, let alone the second, <laughs> that quickly. It's just crazy. But, but you know what? All you, all you hot moms out there that have your babies back to back, you go warrior, mm-hmm. warrior. I mentally could not be me. <laughs> I keep I changing my mind. I keep changing my mind. I'm trying to think what else has happened. Yeah, pop culture queen. Um, who died? Who died? I don't think anyone that I care about died. And uh, Twitch. <gasps> the dancer. Oh, that broke my heart. That was really sad. Oh my gosh, I forgot about that. But I think everyone else that has passed away has been a lot older. Mm-hmm. Like Expected. Hollywood icons. Yes, yes. Um, there, yeah. there have been several environmental disasters that have happened. Yeah, like there was something in Ohio recently with like a train exploding. Yes, there and was like like acid rain now in Ohio. Yes, like no joke. And um, there's been school shootings. Yeah, like at the Michigan State, and then the stabbings in Idaho State. Yeah, what? There's been a lot. Twenty twenty three has been off to a little of a of a, a little rough start. bit of a rocky start. I had high hopes. I'm trying to keep them mellow hopes. You know, mm-hmm. not too high. Low expectations. Yes. And then anything above that is just great. Yeah, absolutely. Um, should we go into life updates? Sure. Um, so since we last spoke, my dad actually passed away mm-hmm. in the beginning of January, which was expected, but still extremely devastating. Yeah. 
Um, so we took a little break. We did. I needed I needed a little minute, a lot of minute. <laughs> yeah. To kind of recover, and um, I don't think I'll ever like truly be over it. But I mean, who? Yeah. Y- you can't get over something like that. It's yeah. it's, it's gonna be a grief that's with me for the rest of my life. Yeah. Just because I I love him and I miss him a lot. Yeah. Um, I hope in the future we can have an episode um, about family stories from maybe both of us. Yeah, I think that'd be cool. Because there's so many fun, really cool stories that I think we can we can talk about that would be really funny and interesting. Yeah. My dad was crazy. Mm-hmm. And um, that's a he part of... He was really funny, though. Oh, my gosh. He was so funny. You remember him? Mm-hmm. I met him when he moved you in to your apartment after your mission. Oh. And I was like, McKenna's dad's really funny. He's so funny. Mm-hmm. And not in, like, a jolly way. I would no, not... like, he's, like, actually funny. But yeah, he's he's from New Jersey. Mm-hmm. And so he's very much, like, is he joking? Or is he dead serious? <laughs> oh, he's joking. I don't know if he's joking or not. Oh, he's making fun of me. Oh, no, he's joking. Mm-hmm. Love him. Oh, I love him so much. So anyway, yeah, um, that was really devastating at the beginning of January... And actually, he died on my husband's birthday. So sad. Which I think he did that on purpose. Yeah. (laughs) He's like, this day will be about me, actually. (laughs) And um, so that was was awesome. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And um, I got to sing at his funeral with my sister and my cousin. Oh, you sang it? Oh, yeah. I didn't know that. Oh, yeah. I thought the song was just being performed. I didn't know you were the one singing it. Oh, yeah. And it's a song that he wrote for my sister and I and my brother. It's about, you know, I can't wait to see you again. Mm-hmm. Imagine saying that. I feel like I'd your be dad's a puddle. Funeral. Oh, I was a puddle. And then I spoke after that song. Oh, my gosh. Your family. <laughs> They're like, let's see how much we can put her through. No, but I wanted to. I felt like I felt like it was the right thing because it was his brother and then his sister that spoke. Mm-hmm. And I was like, you know, as much as they know him, no one knows my dad. In the way that I know him as his yeah. daughter. Did your other siblings speak at the funeral? No, just me. The eldest daughter. Of course. There's that so is, much pressure. That's like your birthright, is you speak at the funerals. I really feel like I have so much weight on my shoulders now. Mm-hmm. Just as like an eldest sister, and like my dad was, you know, the eldest son, and there's a, he was such a, such a huge personality and such a huge... Um, connector for all of his siblings and all of the cousins Mm -hmm. like no one would really like communicate or talk to each other if he didn't start it yeah and so now that he's gone everyone just kind of like fills this hole of like now now who's gonna keep us all together yeah and now that it's my responsibility I just feel like I want to be more like him and and do that yeah keep everyone close and remind everyone that we really do love each other and we're all the same we're the same yeah I think we forget that. I like that. Yeah. So that was, that's my, that's my big life update from the past two months. Mm-hmm. And Charlie turned one. Oh my gosh. He turned one. I went to that birthday party. Oh yeah. He was, he's one. And now he's like, what, 14 months? That's crazy. It's you insane. You have a 14 month old. I know. And he's going to be 18 months and he's walking now, Aww. like running around. And he, he says, all done. Oh my gosh. Like what? It's like a mini adult. Yes. And he like copies things that we say and do. And I'm like, oh, this is how it begins. 
Yeah. He's going to start, like, <laughs> saying random things, and I'm like, oh, let's not say that. But you say it. Oh, well. One time I was at a theme park with my sister and one of her daughters, and I think her daughter was, like, two and a half at this point. And my sister was looking for her shoe in the car. Mm-hmm. And she was like, where is that freaking shoe? And her two-year-old goes, freaking shoe. <gasps> and I was like, oh my gosh, they really do copy everything This you is say. how it begins. Yeah. Oh. Uh, I'm trying to think what life updates do we have. Oh, Christian had a weird skin thing. Oh. He, uh, we found out he's allergic to bougainvillea plants. It's like those really pretty, like, reddish, pinkish plants <gasps> in California, Arizona. They're so gorgeous. Yeah, they're everywhere. Yes. He's allergic to them. How did you find that out? Um, so he helped move one in his parents' backyard over Christmas break. Mm-hmm. And he got pricked by it and scratched by it. Mm-hmm. And then this weird, like, skin thing started developing. And it looked like his skin was melting. <gasps> and it was, like, all over his arms and, like, his wrists and so we went to the doctors, and it kept spreading. We went to the ER. They weren't really helpful. And then we finally met with my dermatologist. Uh-huh. So it was, like, over the span of, like, two and a half weeks. Oh, my and word. And the dermatologist finally helped us. He was so nice. Um, his name is Jason from Utah Valley Dermatology, if anyone wants to go see him. We love Jason. Yes, he was so helpful, and luckily Christian's arms are good now. He just has some scars from where it was, mm-hmm. so he just has to be really careful going forward. Which I'm yeah. like, we only want to live in California, Arizona, so like, don't go near the plants. I just feel like that's easy to avoid unless he gets like thrown into a bushel. Yeah, I think he'd die. Yeah, he 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 probably would. It was so disgusting. Like we had to wrap his arms every day. Like, we couldn't hug each other for, like, a week because it was so bad. Oh. It was, like, awful. I'm so sorry. But he's he's good now. We're good now. It's over. It's just something we can laugh at now. But truly was so scary because at first they were saying that he had cellulitis, which is, like, he had these big fat bulges on his arms, and so they thought he was going to get a blood infection if it, like, went deep enough. So they were worried about sepsis. And so... We, like, thought he might get sepsis, so we were just, like, really, like, high alert for a little bit. Uh-huh. But then the dermatologist, he was like, I don't know if it was ever cellulitis. I think it was just a bad, like, allergic reaction. Wow. So we're like, okay. So did you get a shot, or how did the get cured? Yeah, so he got a steroid shot, and he was put on five different medications to get it to go down. What? And he also got a tetanus shot, just to roll that out. <sighs> tetanus shots are no joke. I know. Poor he, guy. Like, when they pulled out the needle, I was like, that tetanus shot? Like, tetanus that's, shots hurt. That's no joke. Yeah. So, that's probably our only life update. Jeez. And Christian's just growing out his hair, so. It looks great. I think he's trying to be like Steve from Stranger Things or something with the flow. It's, like, curly. I didn't expect it to be, like, mm-hmm. that kind of curls. I'm really hoping our girls get that curly hair. Because mm. I just have, like, stick straight hair. Same. We're Same. only having girls. I don't know if you knew that. Well, congratulations. Thank you, yeah. <laughs> we had a, good, a little good chat about it. Well, I'm I'm probably going to have all boys, so... They can marry each other. One of our kids has to marry one of your kids. Yeah. They can go to prom or something. <gasps> that would be so cute. Oh, that would be so fun. Um, But today's episode, we are actually going to talk about our mission stories and experiences and... Yes. All of that. Um, before we go into our stories, though, we do have our two truths and a lie. 
Um, mine is sports edition because we just had the Super Bowl. Yes. Um, so I can go first. Let's hear it. Okay. My first one. I played on a powder puff team in high school. Mm-hmm. The second one. I rolled my ankle and couldn't play during my championship playoff game for volleyball. Mm-hmm. And the third one is I did gymnastics till I was 13. Oh, this is tricky. I think you did do gymnastics. Mm-hmm. But I don't know if it was till you're 13. I feel like that was older. I feel like you, you didn't do it that long because then you switched to volleyball. Mm-hmm. I don't think you rolled your ankle. I think you did something different. I think that one's the lie. That is actually the truth. Oh, shoot. I did roll my ankle during my playoff game my oh. freshman year, so I couldn't play. That is the um, worst. I didn't play on a Powerpuff team. Oh. Well, it was like all the popular girls, and I was like, eh, I can't, yeah. I'm not in their league. You know, yeah. when I was in high school, um, I was, like, the president of everything. Like, what? I was, like, the student body president. You were the student body president? I was. Oh, my gosh. I would have been scared of you. No way. I'm so nice. And I was yeah. I was in, like, theater, so I was, like, not really scary. Mm-hmm. I thought. I learn so much more about you every single time we do these podcasts. <laughs> McKenna Smith was student body president. Yes, I was. Just my senior year, though. Um... And so, anyway, so I was in student council, like, my entire four years. So, I never played in Powder Puff, but I was always, like, in charge of it. Oh, gotcha. Um, I always made sure, like, you know, everyone had the football, it was there, mm-hmm. and, like, the flags. Yeah. Anyway, that's how I participated. Okay, cool. So, wait. So, you didn't play Powder Puff. Okay, that was Correct. a lie. Yeah. Got it. Okay. Um, are you ready for mine? Yes. <laughs> okay. Um, number one, I get the anxious sweats when I play sports. Ooh. Um, number two, I was on the varsity dodgeball team in high school. Okay. Number three, I was on the tennis team in high school. I don't know. I'm going to go with tennis team. That's a lie? Yeah. That's the truth. You were a tennis gal? Just for one year. Oh my gosh, you're so well-rounded. Student body president, tennis player, what was the lie? Uh, I was not on the varsity dodgeball team. Did you guys have a dodgeball team? No. Oh, okay. <laughs> Just made I was it like, up. I probably should have figured. But <laughs> that'd be really cool, though. I feel like I would be really bad at dodgeball. I'm not good at dodgeball. Yeah. I feel like if you're, I'm a large target. Yeah. I'm not very when agile. You're tall, it's like no. You can't really bend down that well. You can't jump that high. Yeah. It just is what it is. Yeah. We accept our fate. Did you guys do like dodgeball tournaments in high school? Like, we would have, like, dodgeball teams, mm-hmm. and then we'd all come in to, like, the big gym during lunch, and we would watch, like, this tournament go on. Whoa. And then, like, we'd have, like, the championship game, and, like, they would have, like, no class that day for, like, one of the periods. What? And we'd, like, all come into the gym and watch this, like, championship game. That sounds so fun. No, we weren't allowed to do dodgeball. I would always suggest it, and they were like, no, that's dangerous. Dang. I know you're kind of lame. I'll be yeah. I'll be completely honest. That is kind of lame. I won't yeah. lie. That's Florida for you. <laughs> but it, in fact, I do get the anxious sweats whenever I play a sport. Really? It does not matter what sport it is if I'm good at it or not. You just like get nervous. Beforehand? I get so nervous. That's why Are I don't you, like, perform. Nervous because like you feel like you're not going to be good at it. Oh, absolutely. Okay. Um, I'm, I'm mostly afraid of being hurt or falling. Uh, okay. I have, a, I have a fear of falling. I think a lot of people do. Yeah. Especially heights. Yeah, but it's not even heights, though. It'd just, be like, like, falling down. I'd be afraid of falling just by standing. 
That's your fear. I respect that. <laughs> Six feet of falling. True. That's it is a, a lot long of feet. It's a lot of feet. And mm-hmm. I have large feet. I feel that. And they tumble over each other. Anyway, I'm done talking about my feet. <laughs> McKenna does not like her big feet. I really don't. I think that they're... I think they're so proportionate to your body, though. Thank you. And I have been told that I have great feet. I believe it. They're in socks right now. They are. I would check. Um, no free, no free looks. Mm-mm. <laughs> I don't have socks on. I normally do have socks on. Not today. I'm getting all the free looks I can get. Yeah. <laughs> um, so tell us, what was your experience opening up your mission call to Farmington, New Mexico? Okay, so I, I... I was on my mission when you got your call. Yes, you were. And you were my inspiration. Oh. Um, so thanks a lot. Um, just You're kidding. so welcome. <laughs> um, were you at my mission call opening? Was I? I don't remember. I might have been. I don't think I was. I don't think you were. I think I had class or something like that. Yeah. That was so long ago. Was that 2017? 2016? Yes, that's right. 2016. Yeah. And it was in the summer. I think you had already opened it when we met. I think so. I I think think you had already opened it. Um, But little preface, both my parents, my mom and my dad, served their missions in Korea. Really? So, and I'm Chinese. So in my mind, I'm like, obviously I'm going Asian. Why yeah. would I go anywhere else? Yeah. Um, and then so I opened it and it was Farmington, New Mexico. I was like, what the beep? <laughs> <laughs> uh, humbling. Mm-hmm. Um, That's a good word choice. I was very humbled. And then I, re- and then I remember on my mission, I was, I was talking to one of my companions and I was like, why do you think we got sent here of all places? Mm-hmm. And she's like, well, I know why I'm here. And I was like, oh, why? She's like, well, I made sure to tell them that I'm super depressed and anxious. Oh. And I was like, oh, dang it. I told my bishop that I get anxious. And I think he put that on there. And I think I must have checked the little box that says I'm an anxious person. Yeah. Because I asked, like, do you have a history of, like, anxiety or something like yeah, that? Yeah. And I was like, doesn't everyone? Anyone yeah. that does not check that box, you are a liar. And you're going foreign. And now you're going foreign. Yeah. Um, and I have a bone. To, and, and you know what? Whatever. I, I don't think that I was cut out to learn a foreign language. Mm-hmm. Um, but you kind of did. I did. I, I I dabbled. Yeah. I dabbled in Navajo and Spanish. I learned Spanish, actually. Mm-hmm. I taught myself because I wanted to. I wanted to have that. <laughs> I just wanted to be able to say, yeah, I learned a language. Mm-hmm. Don't we all? Yeah, I know. But it came in handy. Like, lots of people from Chihuahua. Spoke Spanish yeah, New Mexico is a poppin' place for Spanish. It is. And it just so happens that you served in New Mexico as well. I did. Different mission, though. Yeah. I, I got called to the Lubbock, Texas mission. R.I.P. R.I.P. <laughs> it's so funny because when I submitted my mission papers, I was like, I would love to go foreign, but I really want to go somewhere that's, like, warm year-round. Because mm. I just, like, don't do well in the snow. Mm-mm. So I was excited for that aspect, like, oh, I'm going to be, like, warm most of the time. It'll be pretty good weather. Y'all, Texas is weird. Mm. It is so hot in the summer. Like, not Florida hot where it's, like, humid. At Mm. least where I was, it was really dry. Mm -hmm. But then in the winter, you have those freezes where everything, like, shuts down, but missionary work keeps going somehow. (sighs) drama anywho um so yeah i opened my call i said lubak because that's how i thought you pronounced it 
And it was, in fact, Spanish-speaking. So I was really excited about that. Mm-hmm. But uh, I think I was really sad just because it was like... I had opened up my call the same day as a couple other girls, and they all went Asian-speaking and, like, to Asian countries. So I was like, oh, my gosh, I'm going to go to, like, Tokyo, or, like, they're calling all the Asian missionaries right now. (laughs) You just, like, Uh, totally convince yourself you're going somewhere. And, like, the night before I opened it, I had a dream I was going to Hawaii, Uh and I was like, I can deal with that. I can go to Hawaii. Oh, yeah. No. You know, that, that was back in the day when they had physical... Yeah. Like, you would get mailed it. And I remember we had... I was living in Heritage Halls on BYU campus, which yeah. is, like, you know, where all the freshmen live. Yeah, it's freshman dorms. Yes. And, you know, there was, like... Everyone was getting a mission call every single day. Mm-hmm. And we figured out a pattern that anyone that went foreign-speaking... Mm-hmm. This is so dumb. Everyone foreign-speaking, their postage was yes, just a little more. bit more expensive. Yep. And so... You could know, like, you know, most people, they'd get the mail in the afternoon, but they don't open it till 7 p.m. And so we'd be able, we'd see it and be like, okay, you're going foreign because yours is $2.73. And then the local, like the state side is $2.07. Yeah. Because there's more papers in a foreign package. Because you have to like fill out like. Yes. All this documentation. Yes. I do remember that. I had to wait seven and a half weeks from <gasps> after I submitted. Why? There was two holidays in the middle of it. And then it, like, came back because I had marked that I had anxiety previously in my life when I was, like, 14. So it, like, got, I don't want to say rejected, but it, like, went back to my stake president and he had to do another interview with me and he was just like, I need to know, like, everything about your anxiety. I need you to tell me every detail, what you struggle with, what triggers it. And I was like, I don't even know anymore. Like, I'm 19. Right. Like, that was, I was just trying to be honest in my paperwork. Right. And then... Like, they tell you to be. Yeah. And then he basically said, like, if you... If I send this back again and it gets sent back to me, you have to do counseling for nine and a half weeks before I can resend it in. And I was like, I don't even need counseling anymore. Like... I, I'm okay. I don't struggle with that. And he was just like drilling me so hard. And he was like, are you sure you don't struggle with this? And I was like, you're about to make me struggle with this the way you're like talking to me. So then they like resent it back. And then I got my call the day after the 4th of July. And my, my parents were on a cruise. So I had to wait three days to open it. I know. I'm like, poor, poor timing. It's not about. It's not about you. Mm-mm. It's about your parents. Mm-hmm. It's their proud moment. <laughs> it is their proud moment. Are you the only one that served a mission? No. My oldest, my oldest sister and my older brother served. And mm. she went to Tennessee and he went to Brazil. Mm. So I was like, there's not really a pattern in our Mm-mm. family. No pattern. Did so. your parents serve or did your dad serve? Yeah, my dad went to Manchester, England. Okay, no pattern. Yeah. It's like super random. Wow. So, yeah, it was quite the shock. But I did know a lot of people in my mission from high school. Wow. So I think I knew, like, five or six people in my mission by the time I got there. That's unique. Yeah. I feel, Well, you did live in Utah. Yeah. So that did help a little. Yeah. I didn't know a single person, Dang. which I think is a blessing. I knew someone in your mission, though. Oh, you did? My cousin. Yes, your cousin, sir. Your cousin.
cousin was my companion. Yes. That oh. was so random. Oh my gosh. When I found, when when you're like, wait, what's her last name? Yeah. Wait. I was like, Sister Shepherd. I mean, what digging could you do while you're on your mission though? Because you're like trying to put two and two together. We didn't have Facebook at that time. You couldn't mm-hmm. do any stalking. We were like the last of like the traditional missionaries. Like where you yeah. had to like there was no social media, there was no smartphones. Mm-hmm. Like we still had paper like everything. Oh my gosh, the what did they call it? The, the pa- area book. The area book. That thing was my bread and butter. I love the area book. Mm-hmm. My favorite thing is whenever we'd get to an area that had res in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, because we didn't have GPS. What's like, a res again? Like reservation. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. Um, so we, we had like a Garmin mm-hmm. yeah. GPS, but That's we didn't we have had. our phones. And so there's no, no one has an address on the reservation. So in order to like oh find the investigator's house or they call them. Friends. Friends now. Yeah. Like <laughs> People that so we were weird. trying to teach or, like, even members. Like, the bishop lived out on the reservation. And, like, in the area book, there was all of these hand-drawn maps by okay. by the elders and sisters of the, like, turn left at the tree oh and then gosh. go over the ditch and, like, all of these things. That's crazy. And, like, your first time seeing that, you're like, what the, what the freak? How you am I supposed to, like, to find? follow it to a T? Yes. And then they would always tell you, don't take the area books with you. You have to leave them in your apartment. Yeah, our mission was like that, too. And I'm like, okay. It was like sacred text in our mission. Oh, it was. Absolutely. Yeah. For those of you who don't know what the area book is, it's basically like a record of like everyone that's been taught in your area, all the members in your area, sometimes maps in your area. Mm-hmm. Like, it's like all phone the Phone numbers. Yeah, phone numbers, addresses. It's like all the information you need to like do missionary work Mm -hmm. basically and it was really funny because um you know there'd be a section on the people that you're teaching or that people taught in the past so there'd be like this huge thick you know binder of all of these Mm -hmm. people they could have been taught like five years ago yeah (laughs) and there'd be papers and papers and papers of like listing out what was taught how they reacted how they took it if they did the assignment like you know after a lesson's over you'd be like and we invite you to um, pray about about it or read this scripture or come to church and then you could write in there they didn't come to church 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 over and over and over but they kept going over and over and over and over and over Mm -hmm. and over again until they dropped them and so you can go backwards and see like how was missionary work like five years ago and you could actually see it yeah which i think is really cool i think ours went back like like, I think the earliest one I found was, like, a 2006 entry. Wow. So, that's 10 years. Yeah. By 11 when years. When I was there, yeah. Wow. That's crazy. Um, so, after you get your mission call, basically, like, you, they send you, like, a packing list, and you get everything you need for your mission, and mm-hmm. sisters normally only wear, like, skirts and blouses. At the time. Chafe City. And then you report to this place called the MTC, the Missionary is, Training Center. Mm-hmm. Did you like the MTC? You know, I I did enjoy it. My one thing that I did not enjoy was my companion, bless her heart. Mm-hmm. Um, we call her sister, bless her heart. Yeah, I have lots of those sister, <laughs> bless your hearts. <laughs> There's so many. Yeah. Um. That was that was just the hardest part, and I think it was hard for her too. I think I was a difficult companion, and she was difficult. Yeah. 
and and not even difficult as in like she's a bad person or I was a bad person. Mm-hmm. I think she just did not know what she was getting herself into. Yeah. She had like health problems that she was dealing with. Oh wow. Did she make it her whole mission? Yes, she did. Oh wow. She really really did. She had a lot like like we would go to class mm-hmm. and then we would have lunch and then she would need to go take a nap for 3 hours. You know, relatable. And this is the training center. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. But, like, I'm like, okay, it's, but like, it's day three. Yeah. Um, you're not really supposed to do that on your mission. Like, it's such a strict schedule. It's so and strict. And, like, you only go when you know that, okay, I'm committing, like, a thousand percent of my time. Yes. Like, there's not really time to, like, chill. No. I didn't take a nap outside of my or one-hour lunch break. Mm-hmm. Was it? It was one hour, right? Sometimes it was 30 minutes. Yeah, it was changed to 30 minutes at a certain point in our missions. Mm-hmm. I remember Because it used that. to be the hour, mm-hmm. and then they changed it. That was the worst day of my life. Yeah, that really did kind of suck. I I treasured lunch. I know. I would always get so tired, though, after lunch. Yeah. But, like, when we had the hour, you could take a little power nap. You could take a power nap, and it energized me. Yeah. How long were you in MTC? Was it three weeks? I think it was two and a half. It was really fast. Oh, wow. That is fast. Yeah. And my best friend from from high school, she... We flew to the MTC together. Mm-hmm. Like, we, she was going to Temple, Temple Square. Shout out to Sarah Crane. Um, Sarah Johnson, now. Oh. And, um... So we flew together to the MTC, and she was going to Temple Square. She had to stay, like, an extra week, week and a half yeah. for, like, Temple Square training. Mm-hmm. So I was like, that was super sad. But, yeah, it was super fast. Two and a half weeks, in and out, boom. I had mm-hmm. so – I had this one elder that I just thought was so awesome and amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, and we totally bonded in the MTC. And um, he made it all worth it. Yeah. It was so cool. And um, – his That's name's good. Wes. I love you, Wes. You're a homie, Wes. Yes, he did my hair for my wedding. Oh, I follow him on Instagram. Yes! Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Wes is amazing. He's really cool. He is the coolest, and... I didn't know you guys were in the same MTC group. Yeah! That's so fun. Yeah, oh, I love him so much. He's really, really good at hair. Look him up. Wes, I don't know his app, but he's incredible. Go to who we're following, and then mm-hmm. on our personal accounts, and you can see. Wesley. I think I was in the MTC for six weeks because I had to learn Spanish. Right. But, like, it's weird because you, like, I was in an intermediate class because they call you beforehand and test your Spanish skills, and I, like, passed. Huh. Because I took Spanish in high school. Right. So I was in an intermediate class, and I was the only one in my group not going foreign. Like, I didn't have anyone in my mission in my group or anything. Was that weird? It was, like, really kind of sad. Because, like, they had to go through more instructional training about foreign countries and stuff. Mm -hmm. And they got, like, these water bottles and, like, backpacks and, like, all this stuff. And I didn't get any of it. And, like, I still had to go to the trainings and everything. And, like, I remember at one of the trainings, someone was like, you guys are all the blessed missionaries because you're going foreign. (gasps) Like, it was just so, like, jarring. But I loved the MTC. Like, oh, I'm glad. I had such good friends. I have such good memories of it. And, like, I loved my companions. I was in a trio. Mm. And it's just really nice because I felt like it was a good intro to companionship. Because mm-hmm. I was scared just being one-on-one with someone. Oh, yeah. Cause That's jarring. That is kind of difficult. Um, 
But yeah, I really liked it. I honestly developed so many... I, like, had this huge crush on this elder for, like, <laughs> the good majority of the MTC. Yes. And we're, like, good friends now, so it's just kind of funny to look back on. But, like, it's just so funny. I, like, went in, made all these friends, got a crush on someone, and, like, I just thought I was, like, living, like, I am so cool. Like, missions are the coolest thing ever. And, like, you play volleyball every morning. Yes. That... I was seriously in heaven. Yes, and the food isn't that bad. No, I actually really like the food. I like I the food, to too. It. Right. You show up, and you can have as much as you want, and then you yeah. can go play games with the elders and with the sisters, mm-hmm. and you go did to you, classes. Did you have a fast Sunday? I don't remember. Oh, I had two. Two fast Sundays. Oh, jeez. Basically, so fast Sunday is when you fast for 24 hours. You normally start, like, after dinner Saturday night, and then you go till dinner Sunday. And it's, like, supposed to help you spiritually, receive revelation. Mm-hmm. And in the MTC, they really do shut down the cafeteria on Fast Sunday. And they shut down all the vending machines, like, everything. And I physically can't fast longer than, like, 12 hours. Right. Um, and so I seriously, I remember I, like, said a prayer. I was like, God, if I can make it through this fast and make it to dinner, I will finish my mission. Like, I will serve, but I need so much strength right now. And I seriously was, like, I was in so much pain. It just doesn't go well with, like, acid reflux and IBS to fast that long. Yeah. And I made it. I made it. And I made the rest of my mission. (laughs) Clap for you. (laughs) But, yeah, I really liked that MTC. I had a really good time. It just felt like adult EFY. Totally. And it's so fun. And you get so much time to, like meditate and yeah. pray and and really dive into the scriptures mm-hmm. like I think I, I gained a huge part of my testimony and like my testimony of like our purpose yeah which I think was really important and um not that I didn't have that beforehand mm-hmm. but when you're like actually starting to live it and you like put on that name tag every day mm-hmm. that was surreal yeah when they gave me that name tag and then I put it on I literally was like shaking oh yeah I was like okay this is real this is happening mm-hmm. oh I'm getting taken back right now that was a weird moment and then I yeah. met my campaign and I was like okay just calling each other like sister I oh yeah like, this feels like I'm talking to like my primary leader oh yeah and um yeah there were some funny experiences in the MTC but did you cry a lot saying goodbye to your family I didn't at all you didn't cry at all no I didn't cry at all I said Dang. bye, and I started, and I would, like, me and my friends there, we just, like, ran through security, oh and we're gosh. like, bye! That's crazy. <laughs> I, I was not interested in lingering goodbyes. Yeah. I did, like, a turnaround, and I was like, this is the best day of my life. It's, Dang. like, the longest day of your life, that say, first day. I think that was the worst day of my life. At least you didn't have to travel. I, yeah, like, got up at, like, really four nice. in the morning and then, you know, didn't go oh to bed gosh. till, what was it, like, nine? I just remember the stake president came over the night before and, like, set me apart as a missionary. And, like, he had everyone in my family go around and, like, say something nice about me and, like, bear their testimony. Oh. And, like, we were all, like, sobbing and my little sister sobbing and I'm sobbing and it was just, like, why am I going on a mission? Like, <sighs> and it was 2016. Like, this was, like, such a good year. 2016 was an amazing year. It really was. I was just, like, on a high on life. So, going into the MTC, 
I was very, like, I cried a lot. Like, we went to In-N-Out, and I only took a bite of my burger. That, that should that tell you shows... how much stress I was in. I don't know. Wow. But do you feel like the MTC, like, prepared you to, like, go into your mission? That's a great question. I, no. Okay. I think it was very surface level. Yeah. Which I think is important. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't think... I don't think anything can prepare you for the difficulty of a mission. Yeah, I agree. What did you think about that specifically? Um, I felt like it helped me a lot with, like, my Spanish and, like, mm. learning how to pray, learning how to, like, study scriptures, which was really nice. Yeah. Like, it gives you, like, the basic tools you needed. Yeah. But I felt like even my first, like, area that I was in, I still wouldn't say... I had adjusted to missionary life. Mm. My first area was really weird because there was no members in it. There was only less actives. And we didn't have, like, a church building. We had to drive to Lubbock. So we were, like, probably an hour and a half away, and we would drive to Lubbock for church. Oh, my gosh. We were, like, this, like, island, basically, where it was just, like, there wasn't anything out there. No support. No support. And, like... Me, I was in a trio, and, like, we didn't really get along that well. It was just weird. Like, I felt like we were doing fine, but then, like, we didn't really go knocking ever. It was just, like, a weird... And it's hard because the area was really hard. So, I don't think the MTC... I think the MTC just gave me tools for missionary work. I don't think it really prepared me for different kinds of missionary work. Mm, mm Mm-hmm. So... Yeah, I don't think I got any ideas on how to do missionary work. Yeah. Like, you get, like, this is how you knock. But it's, like, it's different every single door you knock. Every single door. And I I think you do learn, like, actually in the field. In the field is just what we call the real world. (laughs) We went to a farm and had a field. This was made, like, in the field. Um, I really was in the fields, though. I, like, same girl you hear same. this song there's a song in our church called i'll go where you want me to go and it's all about like i will go wherever the lord wants me to go mm-hmm. and it says over mountains or plains or sea and no one really pays attention to the plains Mm-mm. part because the plains are boring yeah <sighs> it's a metaphor for life <laughs> it really is i tried so hard to have a good attitude mm-hmm. i think i think my good attitude would like wax and wane yeah. depending on I think that's how too. fun my district was and your companion and my companion because yeah. I felt like even if I had a less than savory time with my companion, I'm a I'm a really easy person to get along with. I think mm-hmm. I think I'm I a would re- say too. I think I am. I I'm I'm pretty like I'm pretty good at like getting along with lots of different kinds of people. Yeah. Um. However, if I'm acting. <laughs> yeah it's really hard to keep that up for six weeks yeah let alone 12 you're, weeks you're with your companions for at minimum six weeks minimum Just like that's one transfer one-on-one you don't leave each other's side you're in sight and sound oh my gosh sight and sound <laughs> i took that very literally mm-hmm. like even when she would go to the bathroom in our apartment mm-hmm. i would really try to like linger no in that area <gasps> not to be weird but just to be like I'm like, I'd heard stories of, like, 
companions like jumping out the window and running away. Oh my gosh. You never heard stories like that of other, you know, other companions in other missions? You know, if my companion ran away from me, I think I'd be pretty happy, <laughs> honestly. Like, uh, I would, I, I literally was like, I just want a really good story. Yeah. That's what I would always tell my companions. Like, even on the hard days, I was like, listen, this day really, really sucks. I would never say sucks, by the way. In my mission, those words were bad words. Yeah, your mission had a lot of, like, vocab you couldn't use. Like, you said neat a lot. I did in my letters. Yes. (laughs) Oh, yeah. We even kind of wrote each other every week. Every week, almost, yeah. Handwritten letters. I was so dedicated to that. Once you got home, though, they kind of, they they weren't as often, but they were still often. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I couldn't say awesome or cool or, or, or sucks or freak, anything like that. We had to use higher language. Mm -hmm. Yes. And, um, I think that there is some benefit to that. Mm -hmm. And it was really hard for me. It was so hard for me. I had a really good trainer. Mm -hmm. Um, she was very patient with me. Shout out to Sister Darlington. I love you. That's her name. Yeah. That's such a cute last name. I know, right? And her family owns a funeral home. So they have the Darlington funeral home. Okay. Isn't that kind of fun? That is fun. I love her so much. She ended up marrying our AP. (laughs) Oh, wow. I know. I, like, like can't do people that marry and people from their mission. Yeah. No offense. Could not be me. It gives me kind of the ick. It does give me the ick. But back to what I was saying, Mm -hmm. um, on those really hard days... Where things were just like really not going our way. We had gotten rejected a lot of times, or we were just like feeling really anxious mm-hmm. or nervous or stressed out. I was like, sister, what a great story. Let's go have an adventure. Mm-hmm. Let's go make a really good story. And so we'd be like, what's a place that we've never been before? What place looks kind of scary? Let's just go there and mm-hmm. see what happens. And then we'll, then we'll have a good story to tell. Mm-hmm. So sometimes we do stuff like that just to make it Dang. better. Yeah. Mentally. I don't know. What would you do on the hard days? Mm, I'm going to get a Dairy Queen. <laughs> we got Dairy Queen so much. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. It wasn't amazing on the hips, though. I, I definitely gained, I think I gained like 40 or 45 pounds on my mission. Just like, because yeah. in Texas, the food is phenomenal. Mm-hmm. And heavy. We ate out a lot because, like, we didn't have members in a lot of my areas, mm-hmm. so we didn't have people feeding us, mm-hmm. and I don't really know how to cook that well, so we ate out a lot, went to Dairy Queen a lot, I was stressed a lot. <laughs> and stress comes out in more than one way. Yeah. Like, I, uh, my biggest challenge, I would say, on my mission was the companions. Mm-hmm. Like, there's a couple companions that I would still talk to today. And there's a lot of companions that I never want to see them again. Like, they... And I kind of knew going in that my biggest trial would be companions. Because I got a blessing that's a very specific blessing that kind of talked about that. Um, So I knew going in that would be a challenge. I just didn't realize how much that would affect everything in my mission. And, like, I had this one companion... She, like, stressed me the hell out. And, like, I started developing these headaches that, like, would never go away. I had to go to so many doctor appointments. I went to MRI appointments. And, like, they just kept saying, like, you're just stressed. You're just stressed. And I'm like, 
I don't know like what this stress is. Like I don't know how to get rid of it. I don't know like where it's coming from. It was coming from my companion a thousand percent. And I am still on medication to this day because of that companion. So. Oh my gosh. I know. I honestly would be shocked if she's listening to this. I'm not going to say her name, but you know who you are (laughs) if you are listening. Do you mind me asking what she would do that made you so stressed? Yeah, she was very, very to the book obedient. Like to the point where it was like, this is supposed to be a spiritual journey and thing where I'm supposed to come closer to Christ. Like, on your mission, you're supposed to be home by 9.30. And that's, like, a very strict time. For safety reasons. Yeah, like, you don't want to be out past 9.30 as a 19-year-old girl in a random place. And I remember we got home at 9.29. And I was like, sweet, we made it. I'm going to grab the mail really quick. It was, like, right outside our front door. Like, you go outside the front door and our mailbox is right there. And I remember I grabbed the mail and I was looking through it. And then it hit 9.30, and she just started screaming at me. She's like, Sister Nielsen, we got to get inside. It's 9.30. We're not going to get blessings. Like, you got to get inside right now. And I was like, okay, like, I'm just closing the mailbox. Like, give me two seconds. Like, you can see me and hear me. Like, we're fine. We're home. And she was just like, you know, you got to get inside. We have to be inside by 9.30. And so I, like, come inside, and she's holding her, like, watch. And she's like, it's 9.30 and 37 seconds. Like, we need to say a prayer of repentance right now. And I was like, you know, I don't really feel sorry that I need to repent to God for being outside the door. So then she got down and knelt down and started repenting for me. Oh, my gosh. I'm like, during the prayer, she's like, she said something like, Heavenly Father, please forgive Sister Nielsen for being late inside the apartment. And during her prayer, I was like, nope, don't forgive me. I'm not that sorry. (laughs) Like, I was just so over it. Like, it was just constantly her trying to like mold me into this like missionary that's going to be exactly obedient because that's how we get blessings and it's like I don't see in my head God takes away things because you didn't follow exactly to a T everything that he's commanded us you know and like her parents growing up if she drove over the speed limit her parents would take her license away because in the commandments it says like you're supposed to follow the laws of the obey land. the laws of the land yeah and i asked her i said how did your parents know you went over the speed limit she was like well they'd ask me every week like did you speed and i would say no and if i did speed i'd say yes and they'd take away my license i'm like there's a line and then there's a cliff and <laughs> that's just like too much for me but that's how she was like if i if the speed limit was 40 and i was going 42 She'd be like, Sister Nielsen, we're not going to get blessings if you go 42. You need to slow down. Oh, my word. Like, every single day. And eventually, I just started calling her Hitler because I was like, I can't with you anymore. Like, it was just so exhausting trying to appeal to her standards of what she thought was exact obedience. Every minute of the day. Yeah, and we were companions for 12 weeks. <gasps> oh, my like, gosh. Like, when we got the call that we were staying together, I just went in the bathroom and cried. I was like, I can't be with this person. And all the members, because the companion I had before her, we got along so good. The work was going great. I felt so good as a missionary. Mm -hmm. And then I got this companion, and all the members could tell, like, there was something off. And I had so many members that would, like, 
pull me aside and they're like, are you okay? Like something is off. And I'm like, yeah, I have freaking Hitler as my companion. And like, I would tell my mission president and he'd just be like, you just need to serve for more. I'm like, oh, okay. But like, it's getting to the point where like, I can't do it anymore. Uh-uh. So I actually almost went home on my mission. I like called my mission president and we were trying to figure out what was going on. And it was hard too because it was at the same time we were getting a new mission president. Oh. So, and they wouldn't let me call my parents. Like, it was just, like, this whole thing. And I tried calling my parents, and she would take the phone away from me <gasps> and be like, we're not going to be obedient. Like, we need these blessings. We need these baptisms. Like, it was just so hardcore. So I was like, I, we need to be, we need a split. You need to get out of my life forever. That's not healthy. Yeah, so I haven't talked to her since the mission because... I'm like, you really did ruin it for me. I what, how, how long had you been out at that point? Um, when we became companions, I think it was about five months in. Oh. So about like five to eight months we were together. Oh, that's Month, so five early. To eight, I say. That's so early in the mission. I know. So I was just like, well, and I found like letters that she would send to her old companions complaining about me. And I'm like, okay, I know we don't get along. That is very apparent. But you don't need to go around telling other people that I'm lazy. Right. Because I'm getting up at 630. I'm hitting the mark on everything. Like, I'm reading my scriptures. We had 22 investigators. Wow. Like, in our time together. Like, at a time. Mm-hmm. So I was like, I personally feel like I'm being a really good missionary like I'm keeping track of the area book like I was doing everything and I was so stressed because she would want me to do like even more and it's like if you want to be that crazy obedient obsessed with the rules you can do that but I'm just gonna follow what the mission president has said and what God has said and I don't want to follow your extra rules no there's no need like I already have Tiwi in my car screaming at me if I go seven miles over the speed limit. I don't need you screaming at me for one or two miles over. <sighs> I just feel like I got a load off my chest. I'm so glad. <laughs> she was seriously the worst. So. Oh my gosh. Was that the only companion that you had that was really no. type A about the rules? Mm-mm. I had like six companions in a row that were rough. And it was hard too because at the end of my mission, my mission president... I sat down with him, and I was like, I'm going to be so honest with you. I am so ready to get out of here, and I'm, like, ready to go home. Like, there wasn't an ounce of me that's like, oh, I'm going to miss this place so much. Because, you know, there's always those missionaries that are like, I don't want to go home. <laughs> like, how this pointing towards the front now. <laughs> and he sat down with me, and he was like, you had very challenging companions. Mm-hmm. And I was like. That you gave to me. Yeah, and I asked him, I said, why did you put me with such extreme difficult companions and he said you really needed to learn more about the scriptures which I agree I had zero scripture knowledge when I started Mm -hmm. and he said and they needed to learn social like social cues and interactions he's like so I put you with the companions that I thought you could learn from and they would learn from you I was like could I have not had a break in between like Like, it was, like, eight months in a row of just, like, companion after companion, not getting along. Wow. That's not fair. Yeah. And, like, a lot of them now, like, I think we could be good friends. 
But there's that trauma. Yeah, it's just there's like, that trauma. Yeah. Did you have hard companions? I feel like I've been talking about mine forever. No, I I. Like, what was your biggest challenge on your mission? Oh my gosh, I don't even know. I feel like a lot of my mission, I just blacked out. If I'm being completely <laughs> honest, I think. I only remember the good times, if I'm being completely honest. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I'm afraid to go back and read my journals because I know that I had so many times where I just, like, I would get, like, so, so anxious to um, go out and knock. Mm-hmm. And um, once the sun went down, I all of that anxiety just, like, relaxed and released. Yeah. So it's like, I was, like, anxious as soon as the sun came up. And then as soon as the sun went back down, I was like, oh, okay, we're okay. Yeah. So I think it was just, like, me battling that and trying to figure out ways to be okay. Yeah. And I think I did. I learned a lot of coping skills on my mission. That's good. Um, did you use the missionary, like, stress handbook? At one point I did because it got so intense. Yeah. And I think also I did have a couple companions that were really extreme and they taught me to be extreme, especially like my first, my first two companions, two, mm-hmm. yeah, two, my first two companions. Okay. All of everything's coming back now. My first two companions, <laughs> um, my trainer, um, she was incredible and, um, she taught me everything. When I got into the mission, our, our mission president was, um, very business-like. Okay. Very businessy. So he was the one that set up the rules about um, not saying awesome or cool. And that was a rule. Yeah. Like, if you did not do that, you were not getting the, the blessings that you could get. Mm. And there were other really random rules. I don't even remember all of them. I remember doing something random like... Um, I can't even remember. I, I think I spent... Um, oh, I wanted to. I wanted to spend money... On a, a weekday, I wanted to like go into the store and like buy a drink, mm-hmm. and my companion was like, "No, we cannot do that." Yeah. And I was like, "Oh, okay, that's a rule." And there was another rule about I I think I got something on my skirt, and I was like, "Can we go back to the house?" And like we're we're in the neighborhood, and I was like, "Can we go back to the house so I can change?" And she's like, "No, we're not allowed to go back to our apartment." Oh, wow. And we weren't allowed to eat at home. We you weren't, weren't allowed to eat at home. No, we weren't. Why? We were not. It was against the rules. Where would you eat? We would eat in our car. Oh, see, we weren't allowed to eat in our cars. I, the, <laughs> random rules like like there were there's so many other ones that I can't think of right now. But like I I would think that that would be. I mean, I had read the handbook at that point several times in a row, mm-hmm. and there were just all these made up rules that people had just made up and got and passed down through the generations of missionaries. Yeah. And so it was really hard to keep up with all these random rules that I didn't I didn't understand. Yeah. Um. Like one time, I think we were at um, at, a, at a member's house or, or we were at an investigator's house and I had to go to the bathroom. Mm-hmm. And my companion said, no, you can't. You can't go to the bathroom. And I was like, okay, but we've been here for so long and you can just stand right outside the door. And she's like, no, you can't use the bathroom. So like, which isn't a rule. Yeah. It was just like a rule that had been made up and was passed down. So it made, it made me so anxious because I was like, I'm going to break the rules and I don't even know what the rules are. Yeah, and I had read the handbook and they're like, no, this is just a rule in our mission. And so when that mission president left, um, and I, I think I was like a sister training leader at that point. So I get to go to like all these meetings with everyone, mm-hmm. um, all the leaders of the mission and the mission president. And I'd be like, guys, what are all these rules? 
Yeah. We need to we need to go through these fake rules and like delete them. And so when we got our new mesh present, he was just like, "Hey, any rule that does not exist in the mission in in the in the handbook mm-hmm. does not exist." And everyone's like, "No, no, but wait about this rule because there's just one rule about you can't kill ki- you can't kill a chicken. You can't slaughter like slaughter chickens, which on the res is a thing." Yeah, I slaughtered a chicken on my mission. Right. Cuz like when you're out there and you're dealing with these kinds of people that that do this like that's how they live it's their dinner it's their dinner and they're like hey you're not allowed to slaughter chickens like what about that rule and he's like is it in the handbook okay you're allowed to do that Mm -hmm. and like one of the rules is like you can't be more than more than three steps up a ladder is that in the handbook three steps up a ladder yeah not in the handbook Hmm. um you can't use a tool you can't use any tools that is so random. Not in the handbook. All these random things. We couldn't go three steps up a ladder. Like, something that specific. Yeah. Which, like, I know all of these rules came from something dumb that had happened. Yeah. Probably by an elder. Probably out in the middle of nowhere. And they mm-hmm. got themselves hurt. It's always elders. It always is elders. They always ruin everything. So dumb. Our our, our dumbest rule was we couldn't wear short boots. Like, the ankle boots. Oh, we had we couldn't wear cowboy boots. But like all these elders are like, my my dress shoes get ruined, and I have to I have to get new ones every single month. Yeah. Because. They get ruined. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> we so, had a lot of cowboy boots in our mission, but that was Texas. Yeah. So it kind of made sense. Right. That then that totally makes sense. I feel like you have to adjust your rules, based on, not rules, but like, there's different things that you need to be okay with because of the people that you're teaching. Yeah. Oh, like, there was this one, like, we couldn't wear maxi skirts. Oh, yeah, we couldn't wear those. They had to go to, like, our mid-calf. Yeah. Was that a rule? Was that an actual rule? I think that was an actual rule. Okay, that one made me so annoyed because I had the cutest maxi skirt that I wanted to wear. <laughs> we couldn't wear our hair in braids. What? Yeah. Oh, because we were look like polygamists or something? I don't know, and I don't know if that was an actual rule. I don't think that's a real rule. I could wear it in, like, one braid, but we couldn't do, like, pigtail braids. Interesting. But. And it's not even in the handbook. Yeah. And so, like, I, I think that was really hard for me at first because I was just, like, super overwhelmed. I thought I was so prepared and then I wasn't. And yeah. I kept get, being told over and over and over again, we're not allowed to do that. You're wrong. You're going to make us lose blessings about, like, things I didn't understand. Yeah. So that was really hard. And then I think another hard thing for me was um, I, I mean, my anxiety, it wasn't like I couldn't go out and work. It was mm-hmm. just, like, I felt sick to my stomach all the time. Yeah, that's kind of how mine was, too. Yeah, which is... I, I don't think that's uncommon. I think a lot of people experience that. Yeah. But I had companions that were physically ill and could not work Yeah. for weeks at a time. Oh, wow. I had... That's really hard. And I, I don't want to tell her story because I know that it was, this was really hard for her. But I had a companion that could not work for our entire... Like transfer. Our entire transfer. She did we we could not work. She was so sick. Dang. And it was interfering so much. Like I felt so, so sorry for her. And I'd be like, Are you okay? Can I help you? And she's like, No, I'll get right through it. And she she'd be like, Okay, I'm ready to go now. Mm -hmm. And then we'd go to a member's house and then we would have to go home right after because she was way too sick. Yeah. And it ended up being like an issue and she had to go home. Did she go home early? Yeah. She had to go home early. She came out with me. She was in the MTC with me. I love her so much. Poor girl. 
I know. I felt so... It, it was something that had had come up on the mission. And I think it was stress-related. And mm-hmm. so that was a really hard transfer for me because, like, I couldn't leave the house. Yeah. And we didn't have technology. I was stuck in the house. And it was summer. Like, I... Like, that time in my mission, I, like, kind of blocked out because I was so, like... You get it in your head that you're a bad missionary. Yeah, if you're like not doing anything. Right, mm-hmm. and I'm like, I would, I would be on my on the on our flip phone, and I'd be calling every number on the list because she'd yeah. be napping, or she'd be, you know, where being sick, mm-hmm. and um, it's like ingrained in you that you have to constantly be productive. My gosh, it took me so long to be okay. So long after the mission. Yeah, I could not relax. Mm-hmm. I could not take a break. It, I, like, recently got over that. Yeah. Very, very recently. I think I'm still trying to get over it. Like, I have a hard time sleeping in because I just feel guilty. So guilty. I Anytime I'm, like, done with my tasks, mm-hmm. I, like, get on my phone to make a to-do list. And I'm like, okay, I haven't reached out to this person. Let me reach out to this person. I, like, mm-hmm. make a whole list of, of things that I need to do that aren't really priorities. It's just because yeah. I want to be busy and I want to... D- do good and yeah. which isn't bad it's not a bad thing mm-hmm. it's just like the fact that I cannot relax is an issue yeah. that was a really and I even had this is kind of funny you didn't have technology on your mission at all right mm. so after the mission I had a really hard time not looking over people's shoulders when they would text this oh. is because oh, you always have to check your companion's phone yeah and that was yeah. like a rule and mm-hmm. so like everyone had their own individual phone and so... Oh, you didn't share a phone in companionships? Um, before technology, we had one phone where okay. we would share. And that, like, phone stayed in the mission. Mm-hmm. But then um, once we got phones, like, everyone had their own individual phone, but there's oh, one wow. SIM card. So, like, one companion would get the SIM card in their phone so they could text. Mm-hmm. And both of us had Facebook on our phones or whatever social media we had. Gotcha. And um, we would just make that make that work and so one of the rules was like you had to approve your texts yeah and so and that was that was a rule beforehand but it was harder when we would be doing like facebook work like reaching out to people and text people we'd both be doing it at the same time yeah and be like okay i'm gonna text john how are you doing today is mm-hmm. that okay and she'd have to say yes and so when i got home i would like be texting and i'd be like hey i'm gonna text sarah hi how are you doing today and is that okay? And my my friends and my sister would be like, what? Yeah. You, you can text whoever you want. Yeah. <laughs> or like my sister would be texting and I'd look over her shoulder and she'd be like, can you not? And I'm like, oh, sorry. I'm so sorry. It's just like a habit. It's such a habit. Yeah. I had a hard time with the sight and sound. Like I went <gasps> yes. to Disneyland, I think the week after I got back from my mission with my sister. Mm-hmm. And I remember I left something in the car like, outside the house we were staying at, and I was like, can you just, like, sit by the door and watch me walk out to the car? And she was like, why do I need to watch you walk out to the car? And it was in that moment that I was like, I am free. I can do whatever I want. I'm free. But it was, it's a big adjustment when you come home, and you're so awkward when you come home. Oh, my gosh. It took literally forever to normalize. To be okay. Yeah. I think going on dates and, like, I, like, moved immediately back to Provo. I think, like, I got home Wednesday and then I moved to Provo Monday. Like, Good for I just you. immediately had to get, like, back into, like, Regular. socializing. Yeah. And that was really good. But 
I don't know. The mission feels like a weird fever dream. Absolutely. I can't believe I did it. Yeah. And, like, it's kind of cool because I got really close with a lot of the members on my mission. And, like, I still talk to them a lot on, like, Instagram or Facebook. Like, I get some of their Christmas cards. I got wedding gifts from some of them. Yeah. Like, the members in my mission were just so, so good. Mm -hmm. And so I'm glad I have that because I think if the members were bad and my companions were, like, meh, Mm -hmm. it would have been a lot harder. Yeah. But, yeah, it's just, like, a different world. Our mission also had a really big problem with, like, gossip. I think that's, like, a lot of missions have that. Yeah. But there was, like, a lot of, like, rumors going around about me that I don't know how they, like, started. Because mm-hmm. all my areas, I was isolated with my companion. And, like, the nearest companionship would be, like, two hours away. Oh, my gosh. So it wasn't like I was talking to other missionaries. Except, Ever. like, zone conference and, like, district meeting. But And district meetings are once a week. Yeah, and zone conference is once every six weeks. But... It was weird because when I got home, I started getting all these letters and Facebook messages and DMs of just people apologizing. Like, I had a couple companions write me apology letters, which I really appreciated. (sighs) And then I had a lot of elders write me letters saying that they were sorry. Like, it was just this whole thing. I don't know. It's just like I never felt like I fit the mold of like a standard missionary and like I remember I went into one area and the elders had gotten kicked out of that area we weren't told why it was just like you're gonna whitewash this area you're gonna like make everything okay yeah you're just gonna basically start from fresh and find people and I remember this elder called me one day which you're not supposed to call missionaries Unless it's your district leader. Mm-hmm. And I remember he called me and he was like, why are you telling everyone I had sex with a member there? <gasps> and I was like, what are you even talking about? Like, I've never heard anything even remotely about this. And like, even my companion was like, I have never heard Sister Nielsen talk once about this. Like, it was just so like out of the blue. And then I received a letter from someone else in the mission when I got home saying, I'm sorry, I put your name to this rumor. I thought it was you. And then the other elder apologized once he found out it wasn't me. Like, it was just, like, constantly, like, me trying to just, like, focus and, like, do missionary work. And then, like, elders, sisters, companions, just, like, kind of being bullies. That's what that, that's called bullying. Yeah. And, like, I don't want to play the victim card or whatever because I'm, like, at this point, I feel like I have learned a lot from it and that's what is important. But if my children don't want to go on a mission, I totally understand. I'm the it's same. It's so hard. And there's nothing that can be said that will prepare you for it. Nothing. And I mean, I had I had so many good experiences on my mission. Mm-hmm. And I know that you did too. Yeah. You had, you had a lot of like really beautiful experiences. Mm-hmm. Like times when like you bore your testimony. Yeah. That it was powerful. And you know that the person that you were teaching felt it. Like yeah. moments like that can't be replaced yeah because like even if I bear my testimony now like in um in in church or to like my my husband or like my friends nothing hits the same when you are a set-apart missionary for Jesus Christ yeah 
Like that, it's so special. And so like, I, I really appreciate like that opportunity to be a representative. And I don't think that anything can replace that. Mm-hmm. But just like Jesus's representatives in scriptures, they were persecuted and they had literally the hardest time Yeah, and were murdered. Yeah. At least we weren't murdered. Did you ever have a gun pulled on you? Never a gun. No, I, I never had a gun or a knife pulled on me. I, I mostly had, like, um, people threatening to, like, sexually assault us. Yeah. Or, um... Just a normal day. Just a normal day. Especially on the reservation, a lot of people are drunk. Yeah. Middle of hard. the day, middle of the week. And, like, we, we had a lot of really scary experiences where, like, I know that God was protecting us. Because, mm-hmm. like, we were in the right place at the right time. Yeah. And, like, like this one story is insane. We were in the middle of the reservation, didn't really know where we were going. Mm-hmm. Um, we had, like, a person that we were teaching that was, like, down the street. But then we had a feeling to, like, stop at this one house. So we, like, stopped at this one house. And we were, like, talking with the person. And they were really nice. And then um, we saw, like, the Navajo police and, like, the paramedics, like, rushing down this gravel road to... The investigator's house. And, like, oh all gosh. these houses are, like, one or two miles apart. So, it's, like, if they're headed down that street, there's only one house for them to go to. Yeah. So, like, we knew we knew what they were doing. And I was, like, oh, my gosh. And then she's, like, the, the lady that we were talking to, she's, like, that's really weird. And um, I was, like, I don't think we should go to that house. And so, we left. We ended up leaving and doing something else. And then a couple days later, we were going to go back to that house. And we went back. And, um... No one was home, but there was gunshots everywhere. Oh, my god! And, gosh. like, there was, like, blood stains on the oh on the front step. And so we went back to that first lady and we're like, do you know what happened? They're like, oh, yeah. Like, the boyfriend, like, murdered our investigator. And I was oh like. Oh, my gosh. Um, so that's what had happened. Wow. If we would have, we would have been there for that. Yeah. If we. But it's like, as a missionary, you're like so close to like the spirit. Protecting us. Every single, like I get chills every time I tell that story because it's like, we could have, we could have died. Yeah. Like, absolutely. Because when people are drunk and belligerent like that. They're not thinking. They're not thinking straight. And I had met that man before and I could tell there was something troubling him. Yeah. He's very jealous. And so, you know. It's so, so sad. I feel, Dang. I feel so, so sad for her. Um, yeah. There's so, so many issues out on the reservation and that opened my eyes a lot too. It's like, yeah. we're in America and yeah. these people are living in a third world country. Yeah. That's crazy. I know the Dirt pictures floors. you sent me, I was just like, that looks crazy. Crazy. I felt so bad. I stopped wearing jewelry. I stopped wearing anything like floral I wore like a lot of like just like regular clothes because you're supposed to dress nice but I stopped dressing to the nines like I would like with my jewel like with earrings and makeup like I stopped wearing makeup like I just went like very because these people are so humble and you don't want to like stick out like a sore thumb oh absolutely not I was like I'm afraid of being like taken or like robbed and so I'm super lucky because I know there's lots of people that had violence happened to them like I know friends that have been, that were like mugged and robbed on their mission yeah and that's scarring yeah like I can't imagine that 
But I think the threat of that always being there was really, really freaky. Yeah, Christian got pepper sprayed on his mission. Ooh. I'm like, sweet little Christian. That's so sad. I know. I'm like, if I ever meet that person. Seriously. You'll have to deal with me. Yeah. <laughs> Crack but, your knuckles. Yeah, there is a lot of... You're just, like, constantly on edge. Constantly. And I'm, I was, like, constantly trying to, like, listen to the spirit. Like, listen to, like, any thought that came to my mind. And I think that was really anxiety-inducing because I was, like, afraid that I was going to miss something. Mm-hmm. But, like, at the end of the day, like, I was always protected. Like, yeah. we, were, we were always... We were always kept safe, thankfully. And there was actually um, uh, three missionaries that were killed in, in my mission in a car accident. Like while you were there? It was, you... at, it was like right after I left. I, oh didn't, I didn't know them, but like one of them had just gotten there. One of them was just about to leave like the next week. Oh, that's so sad. I know. It was so, so sad. Just like think, bad things can happen to missionaries. Oh, yeah. We're not, we're not always. Yeah, and they do all the time horrible things happen all the time like there's a missionary in um the philippines that hasn't been found yet after i think there were earthquakes or like a flood this is like happening right now yeah i didn't know that um bad things can happen to to any of us so you you never know and i but i know that i was protected so many different times like can i tell this one story this is I know we're, we're running a little bit long today. Oh, it's fine. There's so many... You know, they haven't heard from us in eight weeks, so... They haven't, so <laughs> we're just gonna shove everything into this one show. So, um, I never share the story. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I think I've only told the story, like, maybe twice. And trigger warning? <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, demons. Oh. So, um, on my mission, on the reservation, I'm sure... You have heard stories or, like, you know, folk tales about mm-hmm. the reservation and different creatures. Yeah. And, um, and I, I think that you've had experiences with mm-hmm. with this, too. Yeah. So maybe I'll tell my story and then you could tell, yeah. like, stories that you've heard. So, um, in my mission, there is a rule that sisters were not allowed to be on the reservation after dark. Okay, it's like once the sun goes down. Once the sun starts to go down. Like, we would we would peel out of there at, like, 5 o'clock just to yeah. be safe. Because, like, you do not want to be on the reservation after dark. It is freaky as, as hell out there. Yeah. And bad things happen. There's there's bad people. Um, lots of good people, but lots of bad people. And so this one day, we were with this particular family that we had been trying to see for weeks. And you know how that goes. Like, you're trying to see. Like, you knock on the door. You call them. You text them. We finally caught them. We finally had made this appointment. And they were there. Mm-hmm. And it was, like, this huge family. They were so awesome. <laughs> they were really neat. Yeah. <laughs> Here's your mission, Vocab. They were really, they were really great. Um, and they were really... I mean, there was kids and they were really accepting of what we were saying. And so the sun was going down and my companion was like, sister, like, we got to go. I was like, no, no, no. We don't want to ruin this. Yeah. We just got here. And I was like, this is going to be, maybe this is our last opportunity with them. And she's like, okay, I feel the same way. I think this is going to be good. So we stayed, we, you know, ended up like eating with them and blah, blah, blah. Anyway, it was very late. Yeah. And we were about 45 minutes away from our house and we still had a very long trek off of the reservation did you walk there or drive oh we drove we had our tacomas i barely walked on my mission we would like walk for fun (laughs) because how are you supposed to knock when the houses are like two miles away from each other yeah that was hard that's nonsense anyway so um i'm like okay we gotta go so we like 
say our goodbyes, we jump in our Tacoma, and we start driving, and it is a long, dark drive. Yeah. Like, we only had the moonlight to light our way, and it is bumpy and, 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 and so dark. Like, you can't even comprehend, like, the darkness that is out there. Um, and we're, we're driving, and we have to get around this mountain to get to the freeway, which would take us to, to our house. Mm-hmm. And once we get to the freeway, the reservation is, is, is done. Yeah. As we are approaching the mountain, I look to my right, and I see this creature. No. No, no, no. I, Mm-mm. I like, want to cry right now because I remember that feeling. I, I felt so much, like darkness Mm -hmm. in my heart that I had never felt before I have never felt that much darkness and I I saw goosebumps I know and so I saw this creature and it looked like I don't know I've never I've never seen anything like that and I still haven't seen any pictures that are similar to it Mm -hmm. but it looked like a human ew but it was and we were going fast and like you know when you're you're on gravel road and this road is not, it's not regular gravel. It's like there's huge rocks yeah, and there's yeah. potholes. And anyway, we're going as fast as we can. It's like, we're going probably like 30 miles an hour. Cause we have the Tiwi in our car. They'll give us an aggressive driving oh, yeah. if we hit a pothole. So we're, we're trying to be as careful as we can because we don't want to lose our driving privileges. Mm-hmm. And I see this creature and I go, sister, you need to floor it. We need to get out of here. We need to get around the mountain because if we don't, I think it's going to come and get us. Oh. And I knew that we were protected. Like, I knew we were safe in our car. Like, what could it do to our car? And that's when, when I thought about that, I was like, what is it going to do to our car? I knew that it could do something to our car. Yeah. It, there's not, like, a... There's nothing that it couldn't do. Yeah. With that amount of, like, dark, darkness. And I, I don't know. I don't know what it could have done, but I knew I knew that we needed to get out of there. Yeah. So I saw this creature in the distance, and it had red eyes, and it were Ew. they were bright. And they, they were looking right at me as they were moving so fast down the street. Oh my gosh. And they were looking at me as they were literally running on all fours. And we were going like 40 miles an hour. I'm not exaggerating. It no, was, I totally believe you. I, I've never been more scared in my entire life. Because I knew that that was so... It was going to get us. And so as we were going, I'm like, sister, you need a floor. And she looked and she saw it and she she knew that we needed to get out of there. And she saw it too. She saw it too. And oh. we were going so fast and um, it was getting faster and faster and it, and it was getting closer. No. And no, we no. like barely, I just remember this, like we, it was so close to us. I, and we finally like we got to the edge of the mountain, we got around the curve and we like hit the freeway and I looked back and it, it had disappeared. It was gone. And I was like, we're, and I, and I don't know why it was doing that. Why was it following us? And, um, I think, I don't know if it was like a warning. Mm -hmm. I don't know if it was like actually going to try to get us or if it was just like trying to warn us to go away. That is so freaky. I I, think I would have gone home. I, we, we did not go back to the reservation until like maybe like a week or two later. Yeah. Because, like, we have to. Like, we all of our, all of the people that we're teaching live out there. But Did like, you, like, call your mission president or anything? Or? We called, we called our district leaders and we were like, we saw, we didn't want to go, we didn't want to talk about it. Yeah. We're like, we saw something really scary out there and they're like, well, were you out there after dark? And we were like, yes, but it was for a good reason. And they're like, sisters, like, don't do that. 
Yeah. Because the elders, some of the elders, like, live out there and they're like, you do not want to be out there after dark. Like, we have seen things. We've, we've, we've heard things. They're oh. like, some of the elders, like, they would live on an RV on, like, the church property in the middle of the reservation. So it's, like, a really small chapel and there's, like, barbed wire around it. Mm-hmm. And so in the parking lot, they would, they would have their RV. And there was this one story, and I don't know if it's true, about these elders that their RV was literally, like, lifted off of the ground by a creature and then slammed back down. And they, like, heard voices and they they never left their their RV. But... I would seriously go home. I... I would pack my bags so quick and go home. I don't know why I didn't. That is a lot of faith, McKenna. I don't know why I didn't. And that wasn't, like, I wasn't close to the end of my mission. Like, that was, like... Right smack in the middle. Dang. So. That is crazy. The the most insane thing I've ever had happen to me. And I don't, I no one has ever heard that story. I don't tell that story. Yeah. I mean, I don't blame you. It's really freaky. Like, it's not a casual conversation. Yeah, no. <laughs> that doesn't really come up. <laughs> we didn't really have anything crazy like with that the only time I really encountered like a demon type thing I was on I was serving in this branch which is like basically a tiny tiny church community Mm -hmm. and there was like a college campus within that area and this girl came and found us at the library when we were doing our emails home and she was like, I have this thing that keeps following me, and it's in my room right now. Can you come bless it out? Like, in her dorm room. Oh, my gosh. I just got chills. I know. And my companion was like, sure. Yeah, we totally can. And this companion, I loved her. Like, we got along so well. And I was like, we can? Like, we can say a prayer for you. Like, I did not want to go. And we, like, go into this dormitory it's like the hallway, you know, with all the doors. And we go into her room and it just felt off. Like I wouldn't say it felt dark, but it felt off. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. And her roommate from Africa was in there. She's like, something crazy is in here. You ladies need to get it out. And like she was just like also feeling the same way. So we, like, all gathered around in a prayer and, like, basically told it to go away. And then it, it felt better after the prayer. But I remember before we said the prayer, she looked at me and pointed at me, and she was like, it's standing right behind you. And I was like, did you have to say that? Like, did you have to include that detail? Oh, my right here, gosh. Right now. Like, I've only been out here three months. Please don't tell me that. And then... She was like, it's gone, guys. Like, I don't see it anymore. Like, it's gone. And then, like, two months later, she saw us again. She's like, yeah, so it's back. But it's, like, being really nice this time, so I'm just going to leave it. And we were like, okay. What the hell? <laughs> I'm like, if anything, good or bad, is following me, mm, 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 mm. no. No. Straight to jail. <laughs> I, like, can't. There's probably ghosts and demons in jail. I'm sure my ancestors are around me currently, but... They're probably like, oh, you have no idea. <laughs> They're like, we're all listening to this we're podcast. All, <laughs> we're always with you. Yeah. But yeah, so... that was probably like the creepiest thing. Oh. I just don't like it. I don't like it. I don't like it. And I will never... I don't want to go back to the reservation. Like, I have no desire to 
visit my mission. I drove through your mission recently. You'd... Farmington. Yeah. Oh, cool. I stayed the night in Farmington. Why? Because I was helping my sister drive. <laughs> I know, right? Why? I was helping my sister drive from San Antonio to Alpine, Utah. I see. And that's a long drive. We stopped there at our friends, at her friend's house because they were out of town, mm-hmm. and we stayed the night there. And I remember being very creeped out because there's no street lights like anywhere, except for like the very main road, like the neighborhood we were staying in. It was a super nice house, mm-hmm. but no street lights, and it was like all a dirt road. I'm it's like, so bizarre the way they have things uh, set up out there. There's so many rich, rich people that live yeah. in Farmington. It's like all the people, like doctors. And, and they live up on the Mesa. Yeah. So it's like they're literally above everyone else. Yeah. While everyone else is literally like living off of the government's money. Yeah. Like we would avoid Walmart on the first Monday of the month because all the people from the reservation would come up from and go to Walmart. And so it was packed full of Navajos weird it was like it was insanity in there yeah but yeah it's a it's a interesting area there's really pretty parts of it though like all the um big rock mountain things the mesas yeah those are really pretty they're gorgeous but did you drive through shiprock or did you go through um like durango cortez we went through shiprock wasn't shiprock epic yeah it was really cool it's so random. It's like in the middle of nothing. There's just this tall, tall, tall spire of rock. Yeah. It's massive. Yeah. The Navajo believe that that's where everyone was born. Oh, that's and We all cool. came from that rock. Well, not us. We're, oh. We're Billy Gonis. Huh? Uh, we're white people. Oh, okay. No, that's rough. I'm just dropping some Navajo on you. Yeah, really, though. <laughs> Yeah, they, uh, it's just mission, no one can prepare you for how your mission's gonna go. Nope. And I feel like this is just my advice to people who think they might want to go on a mission. Like, really, truly, feel, like, figure out why you want to go. And then you have to hold on to that your entire mission. Because, for me, I wanted to go because I wanted to do something good. That didn't really... That wasn't a good foundation. I it's a good reason. It's a good reason. But it should not be the foundation. No, I needed something deeper. And I feel like my whole mission, I was trying to figure out that deeper. Why am I here? Mm-hmm. So I feel like you really need to figure out why you're going, why you want to go. Are you okay going anywhere in the entire world? It's not just these bougie, like, Paris, France missions or... That's where my husband served. Oh, yeah, he did. Yeah. <laughs> So not fair. Yeah, like you will get sent to an area that makes you uncomfortable in some way. Whether it's like the culture or your companion there or it's a foreign language. Like it will stretch you in the most uncomfortable, but like you need that kind of in a way. If that makes sense. And here's the thing. If you don't go on a mission, you are still going to get stretched yeah. In these uncomfortable ways, but it's going to be in a different way. Yeah. And I think that's what's hard about a mission is because it stretches you in every single way in such a short amount of time. Yeah. It is very, very, it's painful. Yeah. And you have to like be a, like a bigger person or you get crushed under the weight of it. Well, and your only resources are 
like, your Bible, your Book of Mormon, and God. Right. Like, it's not like where I'm home, I can call my mom, I can talk to my husband, I can go see a therapist. Like, Mm -hmm. it's very much just like, this is you, you have these books, you have God, and you have your companion. And you need to figure it out. Yeah. Like, it's just very different. It's very different. I, you know, when I first got home, like, I... I didn't regret going on a mission. I think I I still was like riding that high of like the accomplishment. Oh yeah. But it's I think it's a great feeling. It's a huge feeling. Like very very fulfilling. Like you feel so so proud and so many great stories to tell and like mm-hmm. anyway. So after, but after a couple of months I was like oh my gosh, that was really traumatic. Yeah. That was really traumatic it's and I really hard. And, and like like we said, there, there's nothing that can truly prepare you for it. Mm-hmm. But I think, and like this, th- these are all things that like you know, like you, that you get told all yeah. the time, is like you need to grow your foundation as early as possible and as strong as possible. Yeah. And I think that I went on a mission to gain a, a, a stronger foundation. Mm-hmm. I wanted these stories, yeah. like to strengthen my testimony mm-hmm. um and that that is totally not the way to go about it yeah at all i went i i think a, a huge reason i went is because like you went and so many of my friends were deciding to go on a mission everyone was going everyone like we, when we say everyone all of my roommates yeah. except for except for like one or two yeah that i ever had didn't go on a mission and all of my friends all of the boys were leaving mm-hmm. i was like well I've got nothing better to do. Yeah. I definitely wouldn't have gone if all my friends didn't go first. Right. Like, I wouldn't have even, like, considered it. But because they all were, it was like, maybe I should pray about this and see if I should go. And, of course, it was like, yeah, you should go. It's a great thing to do. Right. But I just didn't realize, like, everyone kept saying, it's hard, it's hard. It's like, okay, what is hard about it? And no one could give me, like, a straight answer. When you're 19, you do not know hard. No. You know high school. Yeah. High school's hard. Maybe a freshman year of college. Sure. Best year of my life. Freshman year of college. I loved freshman year. I was thriving freshman year. <laughs> I would relive freshman year like that. Oh. So easily. fast. I loved freshman year. Hmm. But you go from, like, that high to, like, wow, I have to wake up at 6.30 every day. And then I'm going to go running. And then I'm going to do personal study. And then I'm going to do companion study. And then I'm going to do Spanish study. And then I'm going to go out and I'm going to knock doors. And then I'm going to have lunch. And then I'm going to go out and knock doors again. And then I'm going to teach a lesson. And then I'm going to go find the less active. And then I'm going to eat dinner. And then I'm going to go to this. Like, it was just like. Then I'm going to write in my journal for an hour. And then I'm going to yes. decompress. And then I have to go to bed. At 1030. And if you don't fall asleep at 1030, you're like, oh my gosh. I am wasting time. I'm not sleeping. I'm not going to get a full eight hours. Like, it's just like you're doing the same cycle every single day. And there's no, there's really not a lot of freedom with it. No. Because like, even on your day off on Monday, your preparation day, oh, yeah. it ends yeah. at 6.30 and you still have to go out and work. Yeah. And even your preparation day, like we would do laundry, we would write letters, write emails, and then clean up the apartment. Right. It was and work. And go grocery shopping. And go grocery shopping. Like, I, like I never had like a pee day with like, oh, let's go play sports. Let's go mm. hang out with the other missionaries right. until, like, my very last area because mm-hmm. we have one other set of elders. Right. Which, if they're listening to this, you guys are my favorite elders. I know. <laughs> but, yeah, it's just, like, you don't 
get the same freedom. You don't get to choose, like... Anything. Really anything. You do get to choose how you spend the time. And I think that was a big wake-up call for me because I think I wasted a lot of time. And I, I, I waste time now. Wasting time is in, like... Um, I would spend a lot of time, like, scrolling, spend a lot of time, like, gossiping, mm-hmm. things like that. And then I realized when I, when I got on my mission, I'm like, oh my gosh, wasted my time doing nothing productive. Yeah. And so I think that there, even though, like, we were talking about at the beginning how this, like, like need to spend my time productively is kind of toxic, mm-hmm. There's there, there are a lot of benefits because scrolling is not healthy yeah. <laughs> for your brain. And um, gossiping is not healthy. Mm-hmm. And reaching out to people that you love is super healthy. Writing letters is so fun and fulfilling. Yeah. And, like, choosing to spend your time wisely and, like, planning is such a, an amazing life skill. Yeah. So I do I, I do value that. Yeah. I have become quite the planner since my mission. Yes, me too. I have a calendar and then I have in my notes and then I have a Google calendar. Yeah. It's just, like, everything is planned. Yes. Like, I have photo shoots planned until September 2024 right now. That's incredible. I don't know if it's, like, a strength or a weakness, but I'm like, I need to be more go with the flow sometimes. I think it's a strength. I hope so. I think it is. But, yeah, missions, they're just... I wanted to do this episode because I've had a lot of friends ask me why my mission was so difficult and Mm -hmm. why I personally did not enjoy it. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't say I enjoyed my mission. That's fair. I think I enjoyed parts of it. Sure. And I enjoyed the members completely. But for me, it wasn't a fun experience. It was a very challenging, it was very stretching. And I feel like just a lot of people from my mission didn't see that. So I just wanted to make this because, I don't know, it just felt kind of good to talk about. It feels good to get it out. Yeah. Because it is kind of not it's not seen as good to talk bad about missions yeah because like I, I i want i feel like now that i went through that really hard thing i want other people to like have that hard thing too mm-hmm. in like a kind of a messed up way mm-hmm. you know what i mean mm-hmm. but um if if charlie doesn't want to go on a mission i will completely understand oh yeah I will completely understand. I think I'm going to have Christian talk to our kids about missions in the future. Because I just, like, don't have a lot of good memories from mine. So I'm like, maybe Christian should just talk to them. And if they want to go, I will completely support them. And if they don't want to go, I will completely support them with that. And then tell them the stories. Yeah. Like, all right, now, since you're actually not going on one, well, I you can tell you. <laughs> you know, like, about that, like, before I left on my mission, I asked my mom, I was like, well, tell me about your mission. Tell me everything. And she's like, um, it was really hard. I cried every day. Um, I, I did not enjoy my mission at all. Really? And I was like, oh, that would have been nice to know. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know. She never talked about her mission. She was, just, she would always say like, yeah, it was hard. Missions are hard. And I'd be like, okay. But like you said, yeah. you don't have any concept of hard. Yeah. And my dad you know, missions were different back in the day. Mm-hmm. He, um, he had to pay for the copies of the Book of Mormon that they would pass out. Oh, wow. Yeah. At least that's how it was in Korea. Yeah. And he didn't have any money because he was an orphan. So he had to sell things on the side to pay for his food 
and to pay for oh his gosh. copies of the Book of Mormon. That's crazy. And like hearing that, I'm like, oh, what a unique experience. Yeah. But we all have unique hearts. Yeah. So. That's crazy. I know. And like everyone in my family that's heard before me, like they really enjoyed their missions. Like right. they all said it was hard. Yeah. But like looking back, they still all love their missions. I believe them. They wouldn't go again. No, no one would. No. At the end, I will say at the end, at the very, very end, I remember talking to my mission president and I was like, President Ackerman, like, I really want to stay longer. I think that I have more good to give. And he was like, Sister Smith, you have a lot of good to give at home. Yeah. And I was like, fair. Mm-hmm. Fair enough. So that's that. Yeah. And it's true, though. You do have a lot of good to give. So do you. Thank you. We have so much good to give. We really do. <laughs> Just like this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> I, I enjoyed this podcast episode, and it's really long, but I like it, so. That was really, that was really good for me. Mm-hmm. That felt like it was good for you, too. Yeah. It was nice. But we, we love you guys so much. Thank you so much for tuning back into the Lonely Wives Vibes. We are going to get back onto the grind of of making a post every single week. Mm-hmm. If you have any suggestions or story inputs that you want to, to give us, send us a DM on Instagram or you can go to our link in the bio. It's our Google Doc. You can submit any story. Um, we're planning out ahead this time. We're going to put out some suggestions. And um, if you would like to hear your story featured, please send it in. Yes. We are all ears. Mm-hmm. Anywho, bye. Love you, bye. My darling, I love you, I love you, I love you, I love you, I love you.